Chapter 20 Traffic lights flashed. Yellow cabs honked in the street. The scents of ethnic food and sriracha and espresso mingled in the air. Victoria took a deep breath as she stepped out of the taxi outside the hotel. How could she absorb all the flavor of New York at once? The city that never stops. The Big Apple. I can't believe we're here. Marie's blue eyes grew wide as she took in the sight. I want to go to the ballet, Stella squealed next to her. It's the best! The Pearsons followed the bellhop to the center of the lobby, where a giant waterfall cascaded over rocks into a small basin. Luxurious couches beckoned them. When Victoria sat down, an elegant chandelier hanging from the ceiling caught her eye. Moments later, Mom's stilettos reverberated off the marble floors. We're checked in. You girls head up to your room while Dad and I wait for the bags. She handed out key cards. We're in room 11, and you're in 12 on the 7th floor. Perfect! Adrian grabbed her key and headed toward the elevators. The others followed suit. Inside the room, Victoria surveyed the space. Two queen-size beds, a cot, TV, desk, and a breathtaking view overlooking the skyscrapers. She was finally here, in the city of her dreams. Adrian wrinkled her nose at the sight of the cot. Who has to sleep on that? She pointed. One, two, three, not it! Stella flopped onto one of the large beds. But Stella, Victoria said, you're the smallest. I'm always stuck on the cot or the floor. Stella's bottom lip protruded. That's why this time I said, not it! Victoria shook her head. That doesn't count. I'll let her have the bed, I don't mind. Marie plopped onto the cot. I'll bunk with Stella. Adrian set her purse on the bed next to Stella. Louisa turned to Victoria. I guess that leaves you and me. She climbed under the covers and lay her head on the pillow. It's not time to sleep yet, Victoria laughed. But I'm so tired, Louisa yawned. The early flight killed me. Minutes later, Dad, Mom, and the bellhop entered. Here are the suitcases. Dad and the hotel employee pulled them off the cart and set them beside the beds. Thank goodness they made it, unlike the last vacation. Stella moaned. I had to wear the same dress for three days in a row. Quelle horreur! Adrian struck a tragic pose. Dad, do we have an itinerary? Victoria grabbed the pad and pen off the desk, ready to take notes. Tomorrow, I thought we'd visit the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, and Times Square. After that, I figured you girls could decide what you'd like to see over the next few days. Great! Victoria could hardly hold back her enthusiasm. I'll start planning the rest. She couldn't afford to waste a moment exploring her soon-to-be home. The following morning, Dad woke everyone up at a quarter to seven. We need to be at the boat tour by 8.30 to see the Statue of Liberty. His early morning doctor schedule kicked in, even on vacation. Once on the boat, Adrian leaned against the railing. It's really a French statue, she lectured, designed by Frédéric-Auguste Bartholdi and built by Gustave Eiffel in 1886, the same engineer who built the Eiffel Tower for the World's Fair in 1889. Nice to have our French history guide with us, Mom said, giving her a squeeze. At Ellis Island, while Victoria learned amazing stories of immigrants who had braved the Atlantic Ocean to find a new life in America, her thoughts turned to Jerry and his family, He'd been born in the United States, but Professor Chang had immigrated from China to New York to study music at Johann Conservatory. What an exhilarating experience that must have been, 
to leave her family behind and start a new life in such an exciting city. And to think, in only a few short months, that would be her. A couple hours later, her heart still pounded with the energy of New York as they strolled around Times Square. What do you think of the Jumbotron? Dad pointed a finger at the enormous screen, while Mom clasped his other hand, her fur coat wrapped tight around her frame. It's huge! Victoria pulled her own wool hat over her ears to block out the wind as a slight chill stole over her. Stella gaped. That's the biggest screen I've ever seen! Where are the hot dog vendors? Louisa scanned the streets. I'm starving. There's one, Dad pointed. We could grab those for lunch, then head to Cafe Lalo for dessert and drinks, Marie suggested. What's that? Victoria asked. Like Lalo, the composer of Symphonie Espagnole? Spelled the same, yes. Marie's blue eyes sparkled. It's one of the most famous cafes in the city. Dad glanced at a map. Looks like we can stroll through Central Park to get there. Perfect, Mom said. I'll need to walk off that hot dog. But it's cold, Stella protested. Then I suggest you zip up your coat. Mom reached out and zipped it for her. Sure enough, the frigid air filled Victoria's lungs as they hurried through the park. Since it was December, the trees were bare and the grass brown. Maybe she should have visited it in the fall. Was it always this icy? By the time they finally reached the cafe, Victoria's fingers tingled from the cold, in spite of her leather gloves. Thank goodness she didn't need to play her violin today. How did the New York musicians manage this weather? Mom squinted as she examined the sign. Honey, wasn't this the cafe in the movie You've Got Mail? Which movie? Dad scratched his head. The film where the girl owns a local bookstore and the guy owns the big box store. Sounds like one of your romantic comedies, he laughed. They all blend together to me. I quote it all the time, Mom said. Adrian nodded. True, she does. The one about the cute bookstore? Louisa squealed. We should definitely check out an indie bookstore while we are here. Agreed, Mom said. Inside the cafe, display cases filled with decadent cakes, elegant pastries, and scrumptious pies beckoned them. I see why you like this place. Victoria nodded to Marie, right up your alley. It's even more French than Café Chocolat, Adrian exclaimed. Check out that tarte au fruit. It looks to die for. Once everyone had ordered, they squeezed together around an antique table toward the back of the café. What a fabulous first day. Victoria bit into her chocolate raspberry delight. The rich fusion of cookie crust and raspberry mousse created the perfect combination. Thanks so much for bringing us here, Dad and Mom. I'm glad you're having fun, sweetie. Dad patted her arm. What's on the agenda for tomorrow, New York girl? Can we visit the Met? Adrian interjected. I'm dying to see the French Impressionist paintings. Absolutely. A large smile spread across Dad's face. I studied several of the paintings for an art history class in college. They're incredible. Mom reached for Dad's hand. I also want to visit the Empire State Building. Is this because of that movie again? Dad asked. She giggled. A different one, but the same actors. No wonder I can't keep them all straight. We should also take the girls to see Carnegie Hall. Remember when I sang there with my choir? How could I forget? You were the stunning soprano soloist in a gold evening gown, surrounded by a sea of black choir robes. Definitely the prettiest one there. 
He planted a kiss on her cheek. Mom's face blushed a deeper shade of pink. Victoria nodded her assent as she took another bite of the delicious dessert. I definitely want to see Carnegie Hall and the Met, but I don't want to run out of time to visit Johann Conservatory. Don't worry, Dad took a sip of his coffee. That's why we came. I promise we'll get there. The following day, they managed to visit the Met, an indie bookstore, and Carnegie Hall as Dad's attempt to keep everyone happy. On top of that, he even surprised them with tickets to the ballet that he'd purchased online several months before. Stella was over the moon with excitement as she watched the dancers twirl across the stage. Tomorrow we should visit Rockefeller Center, Adrian suggested as they were leaving the ballet. Ooh, I'd love to skate, Stella clasped her hands to her chest. It's like dancing but on ice. You should check on ticket availability, Mom suggested. Let's see, Adrian pulled out her phone. We could get tickets for an appointment tomorrow at 9 a.m. Marie moaned. Nothing later? Adrian shook her head. No, it's booked the rest of the day. But I want to visit the conservatory, Victoria asserted, hands on hips. At this rate, they'd never make it. I promise we'll visit the conservatory, Dad reassured her. There's still plenty of time. We'll go skating in the morning and visit Johan in the afternoon. I sure hope so, Victoria muttered. The next morning, a heavy fog hung over the city as they headed toward Rockefeller Center. I hope we can still see the tree, Mom said, clinging tighter to Dad's arm. Don't worry, he patted her hand. It's covered in so many lights you won't be able to miss it. Victoria's stomach muscles tightened as she slid her feet into the rental skates. When was the last time she'd been on ice? Probably middle school? Her heartbeat quickened as she stepped tentatively onto the rink. Seconds later, Stella whizzed past, hair flying behind her from the breeze. What a natural. When had she fit skating lessons into her packed schedule? Her talent for dance translated well onto the ice. Need help? Marie skated up next to her. I could hold your hand. Nope, I'm good. Victoria grabbed the plastic partition to steady herself. Just out of practice. Okay. Marie skated off. After an indeterminable amount of time, Victoria finally made it to the tree. Balls and ornaments decorated nearly every inch of the enormous pine, which shimmered with light. Dad and Mom approached, skating hand in hand. Isn't it beautiful, honey? Mom's eyes sparkled like the tree as she leaned her head against his shoulder. Yes, incredible. He scanned the tree. It must be at least 80 feet tall. I've never seen anything like it, Louisa beamed up at it. They turned to see Stella twirl on the ice, a vision in her pink marshmallow coat. Wonderful, dear, Mom exclaimed. Dad nodded. Looks like the skating lessons are paying off. Victoria, stop clutching the railing and come join me, Stella yelled. You look like an old lady. Ha <laughs> ha, no thanks, Victoria shook her head. I can't afford to fall and hurt myself this close to my audition. I'll join you, Adrian said as she hurried up to Stella. The two bustled off, hand in hand, toward the far end of the rink. Shall we take another spin? Dad asked Mom. She smiled. I'd be delighted. Marie held out her hand to Louisa. Shall we take another spin as well? She asked in her best dad impersonation. Louisa giggled. I'd be delighted. Victoria sighed as they skated away. If only she could let loose and not have to worry about the audition. But that would be irresponsible. She couldn't allow a few minutes of fun to further jeopardize her future. 
How could she ever handle finding a new instrument and recovering from an injury? She putzed back toward the other end of the rink where Stella and Adrian were skating. Let's spin, Stella said as she reached to hold both Adrian's hands. I'd better not, Adrian protested. I'm not as good as you. Don't worry, you'll be fine. Slowly, the two of them started to spin together in a circle. Isn't this fun? Stella asked. Too fast, Adrian yelled as Stella increased her speed. By now, the two were a blur of color. A second later, Adrian's toe pit caught the ice. She slipped and stretched out a hand to catch her fall. Stella, still wobbly from spinning, lost her balance and toppled onto her. Adrian collapsed to the ice. A painful scream pierced the air like a shard of glass. As though on autopilot, Victoria scrambled across the ice. Her stride increased as her older sister, protective nature, clicked on. She had to reach her. Adrian continued to scream. Seconds later, Victoria slid her arm around Adrian's waist. With the extra effort to hold another person up, she had more difficulty keeping her balance. Victoria glanced at Adrian's wrist. Blood flowed from her sister's arm like water down the side of a boat. Victoria's head spun and her vision blurred. Stella sat on the ice, frozen in shock. Get Dad! Victoria yelled. In a daze, Stella stood up and skated in search of Dad. Could he get there in time? In the meantime, Victoria pressed her fingers to Adrian's wrist to stop the flow of blood. She needed Dad. Now. A minute later, Dad zoomed up, concerned lines etched across his forehead. His gaze fell to Adrian's arm. Help me get her off the ice. With Adrian wedged in between them, the two of them skated off the rink and hurried to the nearest bench. Victoria cradled her sister in her arms. Adrian, are you all right? She shook her head, her face drained of all color. No, my, my wrist. Dad kneeled next to them, now in full-on doctor mode. He grabbed Victoria's scarf and wrapped it around Adrian's wrist like a tourniquet. I've got to stop the blood. Call a taxi. We need to get her to the hospital. Three hours later, Victoria, Marie, Louisa, and Stella found themselves in the hospital waiting room. Stella sank into one of the chairs. Louisa pulled a book from her bag, stared at it, then put it back. Victoria paced back and forth. I can't stand it any longer. What's taking so long? Dad's there, Marie said. He'll know what to do. Stella whimpered from the chair. I can't believe this happened, and it's all my fault. I shouldn't have spun her so fast. Do you think she'll be okay? Louisa took a seat next to Stella and pulled her tight. Let's pray for her. Dear God, please be with Adrian. Help her not to lose too much blood. Get the doctor's wisdom. And let her be okay, Stella sniffled. Louisa nodded to Victoria. Her throat tightened. She hated to pray out loud. The sound of her own voice made her uncomfortable. What should she say? She kneeled beside the other girls. Dear God, I pray she isn't in too much pain and give her a fast recovery. And give her the mental strength she'll need for the trials ahead, Marie said. Stella's face turned as white as the bedsheet. You don't think she's dying, do you? I hope not, Marie shook her head. But I doubt she'll play viola anytime soon. Victoria's stomach churned. She'd been so worried about Adrian's immediate condition that she hadn't even imagined how this would affect her sister's music career. Why had she been so hateful toward her last semester? Now she'd give her own right arm for Adrian if she had the chance. What can we do? Stella's blue eyes searched her face. Victoria's gaze dropped to the floor. She was the oldest, in charge of protecting her sisters. She should have the answers. But she didn't.
Marie straightened her shoulders. Regardless of her condition, it's our job to encourage her. Rebuild her self-esteem. Are you with me? Victoria and the others nodded their heads in assent. After what seemed like an eternity, Dad clicked open the door. They had to operate. What? Marie's eyes bulged. It must have been pretty bad, Louisa said. Dad nodded. Yes, a compound fracture. She'll wake up from the anesthesia soon. I'm sure she'll want to see you all, but it might be best to visit her one at a time. Remember, she's weak and medicated, so keep your visits short. I'm going, Marie stood up to leave with Dad. By now, Stella was bawling with hysterics. While Louisa tried to comfort her, Victoria fidgeted in her own folding chair. What should she do? How long until her turn? Fifteen minutes later, Dad joined them and motioned to Victoria. She took a deep breath to steady herself, stood up, and walked to room 112. When she knocked, Marie opened the door. She's awake now, Marie said. You should have a little time with her before the meds kick in again. She gave Victoria's hand a quick squeeze and exited the room. Adrian sat upright on the bed in a light green hospital gown, propped up with pillows and connected to an IV. Her hair stuck up in random patches all over her head. Victoria's gaze fell to Adrian's left arm, wrapped in bandages. How are you? Adrian's face turned white. They said it will take several weeks to heal. Even then, I may not make a full recovery. She looked away. A knot formed in Victoria's throat. She reached to grab Adrian's good hand. What could she say? When Adrian turned back to look at her, tears pooled in her blue eyes. I might not play viola again. She burst into sobs. Victoria scooted closer and cradled her sister in her arms. Don't jump to conclusions. They don't know that yet, do they? Adrian wiped her eyes. No. They couldn't give me a definite answer one way or the other. At any rate, it'll be weeks. Silence stole over the room. Victoria stroked Adrian's wispy hair. I'm so sorry. I know how much the concerto competition means to you. Maybe you'll be better by April. You would have won anyway, Adrian sniffed. Victoria clasped her hands in both of hers. I'd give up the concerto competition right now if it could make you well again. If only I could take your place. Adrian shook her head. No, you need your arm for your audition here. I was the one stupid enough to skate with Stella. There's nothing we can do. We can pray. Victoria bowed her head. Dear God, please heal Adrian's arm. Keep her safe, and if it's your will, help her make a full recovery. Amen. A sob escaped Adrian's lips. Thank you. She nestled her head on the pillows. Your support means a lot. It's all I ever wanted. Victoria choked back tears. She planted a kiss on Adrian's forehead. I'm here for you, no matter what happens. <laughs>